welcome to Channel F Fanbytes Video Game Podcast. I'm Merit Kay, and joining me for a very special World Milk Day episode of Channel F is, of course, my usual crew. Well, kind of. See, half of my usual crew couldn't hack World Milk Day. They said, no, we can't. We can't do this. And I said, all right, well, I will, I'll find people who can. So um, this week, uh, I'm joined by Stephen Strom. Hello, I don't drink milk. Wow. Okay, you could have told me that beforehand, but um, sorry, Merritt. I mean, I'll I'll have it in cereal. I don't really. <sighs> That's I, fine. No, I no, no. That's fine. Just, That's fine. You know. Drink putting milk in cereal that counts. Um, Stephen Strom, of course, managing editor of Fanbyte.com. Uh, with me this week also is a uh, head of Fanbyte Media. I think that's his title. Uh, John head Warren. Head of large. John Warren. I've had so much dairy today, Merritt. Can we, can I maybe, can I maybe sit out of this one? I need to go. <laughs> now, what was that? That was my brother coming up the stairs and just uh, asking me a question. What does your brother think about? Is your brother milk. pro milk? Is your brother uh, get your brother? What's your brother think about milk? Uh, he saw that I was recording and immediately retreated back down the stairs. I uh, remember when we were kids, he definitely liked milk more than me. He was kind of like much more of a pro milk mm. type person. Would drink it just yeah. out of the um, out of the glass, just a, okay. just a big old glass of that white bad stuff. I okay. got so scared. I thought that was the milk cops coming yeah, me to get too. us, like, pounding on the wall. <laughs> Absolutely not used to having another person living in the house with me again uh, <laughs> here, during, especially during work hours, because that hasn't been the case for about the last uh, two months. Yeah. <laughs> um, and last but certainly not least, this week I am joined by and by podcast producer Paul Tamayo. Hey, what's up, everyone? Got the lactate on deck, so I'm ready to go. Lactate oh, on deck. God, um, I would have. That would have been such a good idea for me, Paul. Hey, mil- <laughs> milk is fucking bullshit. Uh, I'm just yeah. gonna come out and say it. Milk is fucking bullshit. I eat a lot of cheese, but yeah, I think milk is bad for you. Mm. Um, and it's not that supposed to be great. There's been a, a global scam to get people to think that milk is good for their bones and shit. That is a scam, um, right? That's like not real. Oh, that's like one hundred percent a scam. Yeah, one hundred percent. Also, it's really funny to me that like the dairy industry is so like scared of non-dairy things being called milk and cheese uh, that they're just like, no, it's soy beverage. You can't, <laughs> you can't call it almond milk. You can't but also, like like milk. Like there's coconut milk that predates. Like That's, any of that stuff. We were like, all fine calling things. coconut milk milk, but then suddenly yeah. almond milk and cashew milk. Hey, guess what? Milk is bullshit. And um, yeah. this is a podcast about video games, um, not milk, but milk features. Legal disclaimer, most of my family works on dairy farms. Outside of my immediate family, most wow. of my family members, I used to drive around on a four-wheeler feeding baby calves formula through this wow. like little... They still, oh yeah, wow. Steven, it's not only World Milk Day, but it's Global Day of Parents. So it's like a wow. big day for your family. Right, yeah. yeah. Really I was day. if wow. you think about it, I was kind of a parent to those calves when I gave them the big <laughs> giant like milk bottle thing that had like yeah. a huge nipple on it. Uh-huh. They yeah, just that's went to great. town on those things. That's that's yeah. that's great. I like in Link to the not Link to the Past. I like in Ocarina of Time 
when um, Link drinks the Lon Lon milk, I always thought yeah. that was seemed really refreshing. Yeah. A, a nice jar of milk or bottle, I guess. But he does that in Smash now too. I think Nintendo agreed with you that that was a, a like a noteworthy thing. That yeah, he, did. he drank the milk. He drank the milk. Anyway, um, I'm desperately searching for a way out of this bit, <laughs> and I've got nothing. And Meredith has uh, been playing a way out from EA Play Originals <laughs> oh, or whatever the fuck. Wow. Timely reference. Timely reference. <laughs> um, yeah, let's uh, let's not talk about milk. Let's kind of leave milk in the past, and um, let's talk about video games in a little segment that I like to call Staff Picks. Welcome to Staff Picks. It's a segment where we talk about the games that we've been playing and serve them up to you with a tall glass of milk. Uh, <laughs> you, you had an out, Merritt, and you yeah, went you right back. You had an out. I yeah. had an yeah. out. You were, I had an exit. out. you were on the we, exit ramp, and you just like you I just broke kept going. 20 cones to get back on the highway. That's, Merritt um, saw a milk truck and just swerved right into it. <laughs> hey, that's um, one of the most stressful experiences of my life is like being in a car trying to tell someone where to go, like reading a map and they're like, all right, which exit? And I'm just like, Oh fuck, we just missed it. Do I say, or like, like, it's just like, it's the worst. I hate it. Like just get the voice to talk to you. I don't want to have to be responsible for that. We have robots yeah. to do this now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, speaking of driving, Mm. Speaking oh, of there you oh, go. There you there go. We go. We're back in the saddle, baby. Talking about horse racing. Nope, cars. <laughs> cars. Uh, Close. Paul, you you've just gone all out. Yeah. With your racing wheel, is that mm-hmm. right? And you've just you're yeah. just getting way into driving. Yeah. Uh, pedal to the metal here. Damn, oh my end. I've I've actually always really loved loved driving. Um, Kind of, I spent my teen years out in Long Island, where you kind of need a car to exist. On Long Island, of uh, New York, and um, yeah, I've always been into racing games and specifically racing simulators. Uh, more specifically, Gran Turismo, and this is my lo- my recent love of F1 has kind of sent me down the rabbit hole once again. And now that I'm a grown man and I have a, a little bit of disposable income, uh, <laughs> the Logitech G29 was on sale. And um, it's been out for a while. It's it's a very much it's very much like a beginner, like entry level wheel racing wheel. Comes with pedals. I got the optional shifter as well. And uh, I mostly bought it for Gran Turismo. And now and then I realized, oh, there's a lot of driving simulators on PC. And uh, yeah, I've I've just been going all out. So it's it's been a mix of Gran Turismo Sport. Obviously, I've been doing all the driving school stuff and the, and the challenges. I'm, I'm kind of working my way up to maybe starting to like race online, at least until GT7 comes out, which is going to be sometime next year. Uh, but in addition to that, yeah, I've, I've been playing a lot of uh, this one game called Beam NG Drive. I don't know if y'all have heard of this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I've heard of it. I, I don't know where from, but yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one's it's, quite sure. There's no, no video of sure. it. There's, there's you know what? Nothing. You you may have you may have seen a TikTok of it because that's how I got introduced. Oh, oh yeah, the guy, the guy, um, the car crashes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's the that's part of the appeal of BeamNG is that it has this like really amazing like physics engine and, and yeah, you know, 
the damage actually happens to the cars realistically. Like yeah. even if you shift the wrong way, like you can completely mess up your transmission and stuff like that. So it's it's very much a simulation in that in that way. And I'm I, I'm gonna be real with y'all. I've never learned how to drive stick. Mm. Oh um, sure, yeah, yeah sure. me neither. Un- until getting this uh, this whole setup. And I've mostly I mostly bought it to the, I got the shifter because I was like ah, I would like to learn it's a, it would be a useful skill to have and kind of and there's a driving school thing in Beam NG that I was using and I basically taught myself how to drive stick on the racing. Whoa, wow. that's really cool. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. It, and I'm and I've also been watching tons of like YouTube videos of like this is how to downshift and this is how to like rev match and all these different terms and and I'm like I'm really really like diving into it as as like a practical uh, like learning tool and as a result now that I've gotten really really good at it um, it's opened up the door for me to experience all different types of driving games and they're you know they definitely run the gamut like I've been playing. Uh, in addition to Beam NG, which I just also just drive sometimes and put music on or a podcast, and Ooh. I just drive. Like I just drive around this like these different beautiful scenic, you know, levels that are like islands, or some of them are like West Coast. It's very like yeah. vague. Um, and I've also been driving. Like there, are, there are like driving uh, scenarios that you can jump into. There are ones where like you have to deliver this pizza across town in time or whatever. Um, and I've been, I've been doing it like with the manual shifter, like to the point where I'm like getting good at racing and shifting at the same time, which is a whole new set of neural pathways that I've been forming. And it, it reminds me a lot of like puzzle games, like, or, you know, um, for me in particular Tetris, it's a very like meditative, um, experience. And I know, especially like when I'm playing, when I'm playing something like Gran Turismo and in that case, I'll use the paddle shifters cause it's a lot easier to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've, you know, it's, it's a lot of like repetition. It's doing laps over and over and over again, trying to shave off milliseconds, if you can, seconds. And, you know, remembering where to break, uh, where to not break, where to, you know, use centrifugal force <laughs> and use the <laughs> gas to get you around a corner in, in the best way possible. You know, where to line up, where, where the racing line is, where the, um, where the, uh, oh God, I'm forgetting the, uh, the, the slipstream, where the slipstream mm. is in, in in the sense of like, you know, actually drafting behind other cars so you can, and, and, and then it's now, now it's opening a whole new door of like tire management, fuel management. Oh, um, Cause these, these, you know, these games get that deep. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and uh, the, the latest addition to this was uh, on Twitter last week, uh, Dylan, uh, shout out to Dylan. He uh, posted a sale on steam for American and Euro truck sim on, on sale, both of them for $5. And Nikki then tagged me in that and was like, "Do you, we should stream this?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> I bought it, <laughs> and I spent the past weekend playing uh, Euro Truck Sim mostly, and I have been having a blast, like playing that game and, and remembering. I don't know if y'all ever played. There was a game called like USA Cross Country or something like that. Growing up, I played it on like the Apple Macintosh, I believe. Oh, like, in you, wow. Okay, yeah. well. Okay, so we had a game growing up called Cross Country Canada. Okay. And that was basically <laughs> our version of Oregon Trail because we didn't yeah. we didn't have Oregon Trail. Yeah. What we so had we would, was a game about being a truck driver in like the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, so we had that same thing like whenever it was like computer day and some somehow for in in one way or another my school my, my little elementary school in Queens we had a computer lab 
And uh, we would go on like specific day and I was so excited to go play like Dino Park Tycoon and, and you know, uh, Oregon Trail and stuff like that. And we also had that game, but we had like, I guess the American version, which is like cross country mm. USA or something like that. And it was, it's basically truck simulator. I, I, it was, a, yeah. you know, you had to manage your fuel and, and your deliveries and your, your routes and all that stuff. And um, it, yeah, it's, it's reminding me a lot of that experience. And I totally forgot I spent so much of my childhood playing that. And, 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 you know, paired with the actual driving wheel and, and the, the shifter and the pedals, it's, it's, and also like while I'm playing it, I'm, uh, so, I mean, basically the, if you have never heard of it, you're basically just driving from point A to point B right. and you're trying to not die. Basically you're trying to not like ruin <laughs> the car, like ruin the truck, just like, just life. like life. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that is me and on it, the highway is just, please don't <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of scary. Cause you know, there are times where you have to like merge and there are times where you have to like get off at an exit and there's like incoming, like there's oncoming traffic and, and, and especially Euro trucks and I'm driving on the other side of the road. And, and there's a lot of things that I have to like relearn and, and, you know, KPH, like what the hell's a kilometer uh, per hour or whatever. Um, <laughs> So you tell me they got kilometers in Europe. Yeah, it's weird, weird, honestly, uh, <laughs> unnecessary. If you ask me, um, but Steve yeah, workshop, please that. give a mod that just makes everything in a uh, Euro truck simulator exactly the same, except they use miles instead of kilometers. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I switched over to American truck sim. Eventually mm. I was like, this is too much work for me. This is too mm. much math. Um, but uh, yeah, no. And uh, there's also like radio stations you can listen to that are actually stream from the internet. So I was listening to like, BBC World oh, News. Hell yeah. <laughs> right. God, really? yeah. That's so He's got rad. internet radio support, right? <laughs> That's a cool Yeah, it's got feature. internet radio. I love that. Yeah, it's so cool. And and I'm also listening to like local radio stations in like the UK. So I'm I'm listening to like house music stations. I'm listening to like old, you know, there's like smooth radio that are like hits from the eighties. Anyway, it's it is opening up a whole new world for me that is just driving and in addition to like Beam NG and of course Gran Turismo that like I I'm completely in love. Like I don't, I, I, this is, you know, this is definitely something that I will probably continue to head down towards like this, this rabbit hole. I'm good. I've already been looking at like supports and stuff to install the wheel onto. And, um, eventually if I get the space, cause there's no way I can, there's no way in hell I can do that here in Brooklyn. But if I eventually get some space, I'd love to set up an actual like whole setup with like three monitors and everything because it's oh my like, God. yeah, wow. it's becoming a, a, a whole new part of my life that i didn't you're gonna build like a whole like um for like train simulators i've seen people who like build cabs yeah yeah like with like a screen built into the wall and then like all the dials and shit like yeah let's well i i was sorry go ahead i was just gonna say let's get paul in into the digital nascar thing remember when they did that for like yeah five weeks or whatever we we have a article up on it on the website about yeah yeah, I I think we just wait. Need to they, get Paul. Did they just make the NASCAR people drive in the racing? Yes, game? they yeah. they made yeah. NASCAR people drive in that super fancy racing sim. Um, I think it is BMG, or maybe it was maybe, iRacing. I think it's, it's they iRacing. There's no it? there was no damage modeling in in the NASCAR thing. Right, that's that's why. Um, yeah, they, like it, it was a really cool thing that they did when. Uh, when COVID hit, in fact, there was one driver that had like a weird uh, racist tirade in the middle of it. Yes. Cool. cool, very right. gamer. Had a heated a gamer, gamer moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do remember one of the interesting things about that whole thing, that whole experiment stream, I guess, being that like there was a guy, it was like a lot of the younger guys who aren't super rich and don't have access to just like extremely expensive cars uh-huh. who have 
trained themselves on simulators were way better at it because they had thousands yeah. of hours in those specific games. And so they yeah. knew the ins and outs of the of the simulator. Mm. That's that's why when Paul, you were saying like I'm learning to drive stick with uh with this stuff, I'm you know like I'm taking that very seriously because I'm like I think people <laughs> really do learn to drive yeah. yeah in these kind of things. I have this very specific nightmare of like being in some sort of apocalyptic situation where I have Ooh, to get yeah. into a car that isn't mine, and then I figure out that it's stick, and then I can't drive stick, and I'm just like. I get consumed by the solar flare or whatever kills everyone. At the yeah. Of that <laughs> Which you could yeah. have driven um, away from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I totally. driven away from it. If Into I space. Been, storm. been able yeah. to shift from three to four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Like, and that's really interesting. I, I am. I also have my eye on getting this wheel. And now that I've gotten my uh, PC fixed, like, I think it's a very yes. r- uh, real possibility of getting into this because like, I just keep watching your little like clips and videos, especially with your GT sports stuff. And I'm just like, I remember spending, I, I mean, literally probably 200 hours in high school playing Gran Turismo three. And, yeah. um, yeah, I, I used to really get into racing games. So I'm starting to feel that itch. There, mm. There's like a really there's a beautiful thing happening to it. And I'll, I'll kind of wrap things up here because I could talk about this for hours. But uh, there's a beautiful thing that happens too when, you, when I'm actually like learning how to actually shift and downshift and, and you know, like, um, like keep track of my tires, every, like just yeah. really learning the car that it makes me appreciate what it's actually doing. Like it, right. from like a, like a purely visceral level. And, and you're feeling it in the wheel because you're getting force feedback. Like, um, so like I have to actually like put some, you know, I got to put some like elbow grease into like yeah. if, if I'm taking a hard turn or if, if I'm doing rally racing or whatever, like it really makes me appreciate the car so much more as like an extension of myself. And it's cool. I mean, we have a question about this coming up, but like I, there are, there aren't really many games that, that do that. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, outside of like maybe playing with paddles, if you're, you know, u- using, um, controller, which is also like, to me, I, I don't think everyone needs to play on a wheel, but, um, yeah, it's it's opened up a whole new door for me, and I, I I'm never coming back. Damn, that's awesome. That's, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because I feel like I mean I don't drive. <laughs> I've like driven like maybe like half a dozen times in my life. Sure, but it does seem like like basically every like evolution in cars kind of mirrors every evolution in like computing technology, which is like it's more accessible to like a wider range of people, but also like yeah. what's actually happening isn't as exposed. Like, right. You know, if you were running a command line back in the eighties or whatever, you sort of basically knew what you were asking the computer to do. Whereas like now everything is a lot more, um, opaque and like, same with like driving a car that's like automatic versus standard. Um, you know, it's it's automating that stuff for you, right? Which is, right. is nice yeah. for a lot of people, but like it it really seems cool to be able to dig into like what what's actually happening and to be able to like control that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's also it's just like a great learning tool as well. It's like I'm learning so much about actual cars yeah. And, and yeah, like re you know, learning to appreciate older cars. Cars and, are cool. <laughs> like, cars are cool, yeah. I like you know, like they, they are bad in a lot of ways, but like <laughs> Yeah, of course. The way that they work and everything is is really interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. I really wish I'd had a tool like this when I was taking driver's lessons in high school mm. and um, they tried to teach me how to drive a stick and they were teaching two of us at the same time. So there was a girl in the back uh, seat when I was driving and then I would be in the back seat when she was driving. And then when they tried to teach me how to do stick, I was I, I fucked it up and she kept laughing at me out loud over and over again, which stressed me out oh, more and more, yeah, which then which then made me do worse. And then I kept doing bad and then she just started laughing more and harder and the driving instructor did nothing about it and said nothing. And I really wish I had huh. gone in there and just like, you know, fucking James Bond moved, moved it like, oh, I already know how all of this shit works. Don't even worry about about it. <laughs> do y'all, um, Paul, uh, Paul and Steven, do y'all remember your driving test at all? Your final one? Totally. Oh yeah. yeah. I took it four times. Really? Whoa, really? Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. I'm, I, if there's one thing about me, I'm persistent. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I took my driver's test in a, uh, a sidewood paneled PT cruiser. Those oh cars fucking suck. Like those cars are terrible. Yeesh. Um, and the only part of it I failed was, uh, parallel parking. And so it's a good thing I moved to LA at some point. Um, but I, the thing I love about the parallel parking test is that like now every car I would say made past like 2016 or something, you just like, don't need to know how to parallel park. There are like enough tools on board that like, you just don't need to know how to do it, which is so funny to me. Um, anyway. Oh, I shit. I've passed mine on my first attempt and just got everything right. So nice. I never tried. <clears throat> I never tried because I moved to a big city <laughs> with a subway and was like, which is fair. I mean, that's I don't yeah. Need to totally. Yeah. Also, yeah. in other car news, uh, there appears to be a fire going on across the street because oh. a fire truck just pulled up like right outside my window, and there's just like a dozen guys just hanging out there. If you heard the sirens before, that's what that was. Um, so the solar flare has reached Merritt's location. Solar flare, oh no! Oh, no. Get oh in the god! Car. <laughs> um, well, uh, solar flare, uh, kind of sp- you know alien phenomenon, space stuff. Uh, Steven, I understand that you've been playing a lot of XCOM 2 lately because you were streaming it and it looks really cool. Yeah, I put a couple minutes into XCOM 2 over the weekend. Yeah, just, uh, just, uh, kind of, like, just fiddled around. Just like a six hour stream, that's all. Dude, just like, a, was, just like a professional wild. streamer, just like a ninja or like a <laughs> Dr. Demento. That's not his name. No, that's Dr. Demento. No, he got way into streaming after <laughs> <laughs> after all the parody songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been back on the back in the saddle, you might say, with XCOM 2 War of the Chosen, um, which came out in 2017. So it's a real hot new release as well. Hot release. Uh, hot, hot release. release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like uh, seven inches from the midday sun, XCOM mm-hmm. 2 War of the Chosen. Mm. Um, it's a turn-based tactics game. If people aren't familiar with the XCOM brand, it was a it was a series of tactics games back in the '90s, developed by a bunch of different people, I'm sure. But the lead developer was one Julian Gollop, and then Firaxis, the people behind Civilization, brought it back, rebooted it in 2012, I think, with XCOM Enemy Unknown, and then they did a sequel, XCOM Two War of the, and then they did a sequel to the sequel, or an expansion, mm. if you will. Called XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. That adds like a fuckload of stuff. Uh, it's a it's a really, really big, meaty game with a nemesis system and all it's got destiny characters in it. You just get guardians now in, in this one. Uh, what? 
Oh, War of the Chosen adds a bunch. So when you, in basic XCOM and then in XCOM 2 as well, you basically have just little dipshit hero guys who are just like, oh, I'm a, I'm a little soldier. I'm a little squaddy. They're literally mm-hmm. called squaddies as okay. least, like one of their early levels. It's like rookie, then squaddy, and then they level up and get real stuff. Uh, and the real stuff in XCOM 2 in the base game was like, oh, this is a ranger. They get a cool knife. Mm. This is a sniper. They can snipe and stuff like that. War of the Chosen adds like these three new resistance factions that are kind of like civilian resistance against the alien occupation. Because mm-hmm. I can, if I, uh, and each of those factions is themed after a sort of different style of combat. And they match up almost one for one, both visually and mechanically with Destiny Guardian classes. Oh, okay. So you got your, your big tough guy, your sneaky guy, and your magic guy. Pretty much. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Got all three okay. of those. That's cool. Those yeah. are the three kinds of guys. So it's not like Destiny invented the three kinds no. of guy. Um, that's sort of, I think, on Gary Gygax. I think he yeah. invented them. Gary Gygax and Lord British, I think, kind of, um, they went into the think tank together, and when they came out, they had fused into three types of different guy. It was a <laughs> brave sacrifice that they did for all of us. Stupid. <laughs> and, Richard Garfield uh, is one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Garfield is kind of a subclass, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, and it's a cool game. It's really fun. I have been having a real tough time, as you can probably tell from this Google Doc, deciding what to play recently. Yeah, there's yeah, a whole bunch of there's a whole mess like of stuff on here. Things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, so wait, I do want to ask about one specific game because a lot of these are are kind of older titles that totally, are still yeah. interesting, but one of them is newer, which is Famicom Detective Club, which is yeah. those adventure games that they oh yeah re-released. With like kind of a new coat of paint and like a sixty dollar price tag or something. Yeah, because there's um, two games. Is it sixty? They're thirty each, I think. Right? It's thirty five dollars each. Um, Whoa! Or if okay. you buy them together, I think it's sixty. Sixty, yeah. I think. Yeah. Listen, I'm yeah. not much of a like games. Games should cost ten dollars or whatever. I'm not uh-huh. one of those people, but that that is a little. But strange. that's very strange for. A remake of a but game that's that how, was on the NES. But that's how Nintendo do. That's though. how Nintendo do. But like, this is weird because this isn't like a Mario game or anything. No, like, right. sure, I can't sure, imagine sure. a lot of people picking this up like on impulse or right. just because mm. of the name right. recognition. Like, it's called Famicom Detective Club. I think a lot of people don't even like. I would expect there are a lot of people who don't even know what like Famicom means. Like, totally. don't even know that it it was like the family computer, like the NES in Japan. So these are like adventure games, right? They're not like strict visual novels. It's a little bit of both. Yeah, it's not strict visual novels. It, it is a lot of actually uh, another game I've been playing, Nine Nine Nine. It's a bit like those where okay. it's yeah. There's some pixel. There's a lot of talking, but it's also like you will look at an environment and then like move the cursor around the screen to like pixel hunt around, and it's oh, like oh ah, god, <laughs> like a by- phoenix, right? Like a Phoenix Wright, yeah, totally. It's it's a proto-Phoenix Wright in a lot of ways without the law stuff. It's just more the like uh, investigative sequences. So the bad parts. <laughs> the bad parts of Phoenix Wright. Um, but then there's like a, you know, it's this one is sort of a murder mystery. I will say the vibes are kind of off the charts in this game. It's it's good. Yeah, good vibes in this one because it's got like immediately has this sort of like early 90s 
aesthetic to it where it's like everybody kind of dresses out of time in a way that they look like they they came from like an early 90s anime like a I don't know like a Ranma one half or something like that like yeah. that style of school uniform and when you get to it the late title card in the game is like Famicom Detective Club and it plays this like unsolved like, unsolved mysteries the old show not the new show unsolved mm. mysteries that is not really the same thing but it plays like an unsolved mystery style like little montage or X-Files is maybe another mm-hmm. good example um, the intro to the X-Files Some, somewhat similar to that where it's like oh uh, kind of half corny half legitimately eerie um, which is a really good mix so I think. like do you play a lot of adventure or like visual novel games uh, not in a while. I used to play more, and even then, I would, like, if I was on a podcast with one Natalie Flores of fanbyte.com, for instance, yeah. Natalie would put me to shame, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'd play, like, the, what are, what are by visual novel standards, the, like, mainstream ones, like Rampa. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to and think, because, like, the last thing that's even, like, close to a visual novel that I played, I think, was Paradise Killer. Sure, yeah. Um, which is kind of non-traditional in that right. you move around a 3d space yeah but i guess i don't really do a lot of these um there are like yeah every once in a while there's like a really big one like dream daddy was like a really big deal sure that dungeon boyfriend one that's coming out it seems kind of similar but like is it like good for people who like those or is it like kind of because i'm wondering like you know who is this for (laughs) Like, yeah. Is it for people who aren't really into the genre, but like might want to try it? Uh, is it for people who are really into it because it's a really great example of what it can do? Definitely not that second one. I, cause I, okay. it feels, I mean, the first game in particular, there's two games. I think the one, the second one, which I have not tried yet because it came out chronologically later. So I'm starting with this first one. I think the second one came out on the GBA. Oh, um, weird. Yeah. So I don't know if that one is maybe different, but the first one is pretty rudimentary in terms of like actual gameplay. It is just like it, it the Phoenix Wright comparison merit that you just said is like a perfect example. Um it is it is very much like those investigative sequences from Phoenix Wright and it'll be like, "Ah, you've talked to this guy and now this other thing that you could talk about earlier is highlighted in yellow. So click on that because mm. now you know more about that topic because he brought it up in a different conversation." But some of the things that are uh, really showing their age, I think, in this game that even Phoenix Wright doesn't mess around with as much. It happens here and there, but situations where it's like, in order to progress, the only, like you'll ask a character about, like, tell me about the murdered woman. And then they'll be like, well, this is what I know. And you're like, oh, shit, well, that didn't progress the story at all. And then the answer, the solution to to progress is you have to ask the same question again because they have more to say that they just didn't say the first time that you asked them. Uh, okay. So it's like a good vibes. It's a good, like, it's a cool world. It's a fun mystery and all that sort of thing. But it really doesn't do much in terms of modern day quality of life that you would see in a lot of these games. I think the, the 999 Zero Escape games uh, are really, mm-hmm. really good at yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, at quality of life in those ways, but yeah. Uh, but so far, it's it's if you can get past that, I think it is an enjoyable. Like I think that the one thing about visual novels is that I'm sure they exist again because I I don't know the deep lore on visual novels and stuff like that and adventure games like this. Um, but I like ones that are dramatic murder mystery type stuff and less dating simmy. Um, yeah. and you know, that sort of thing. Like I'm yeah. not, I, I played a little bit of dream daddy and it kind of didn't do much for me that, that whole, like, uh, go through and, um, 
pick whoever you like best and get to know them and stuff like that. Like I like that as like garnish on a bigger game, like a persona. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. But if it's going to be a full game of that sort of um, clicking around and talking to people over time, I want like some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, right. something pulling me forward. So that's why I like zero escape and Danganronpa. It's like, what's the big twist going to be at the end, you know? Right. Hmm. And so, yeah, I, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend it to the average player at all, especially not at that price point. That price point is, I is it's, legitimately wild. It's, it's, it's wilder to me than the Skyward Sword remake being $60. Right. Because right. yeah. at least that's, that's like a, a Zelda thing. game. Yeah. People will buy it because it's Zelda. Who is buying Famicom Detective Club? Yeah, me. <laughs> I mean, I mean like, I don't know. Like, maybe they just did the math on it. And they're like, okay, we we only think 42 perverts right. in the world are going to buy yeah. this game. Uh, <laughs> how, much did it cost right. to, how much did it cost to get this uh, up and running? Oh, like $400,000? You know, $4, $4, okay, let's just well, do uh, right. $35 each. You, and it's just like, okay. Wow. You would see a lot of that sort of exact business model, I feel like, in the early 2000s, and it was sure. around games like, like, it was around games like Persona, actually, yeah. where, when Persona 3 came out, yeah. when they would, like, okay, we only, we know that this is, like, speaking to a very niche audience at the time, very niche yeah. audience, right. and a lot of those companies, what they would do is, like, be like, okay, so this is a full-priced game, even though it's not a thing that you would necessarily think of as full-priced, but we're throwing in a soundtrack and a right. little plushie mm-hmm. of our mascot sure. character. Right. And now we're in the digital age, and it's just like the prices never changed, but also you don't get anything for yeah. your just trouble. Give me a, just, hey, why doesn't the Switch have themes still? That seems bizarre. Just give me a no. Switch theme with my purchase. Sure, like, something like that. You know, um, icons or like literally any, like, remember the Xbox 360 store where you could make a little avatar man? Yeah. yeah. And you could buy stuff for it. That was really uh-huh. stupid, but it was like really incredible how much work went into it. Like, why can't I do stuff like that for me's, you know? It's right. the, the, this is getting off topic, I know, but like, it's so strange to me that like Nintendo is the like fun, charming, friendly company and they like weathered so many bad years with the Wii U and the, you know, the 3DS having a rough launch out of like sheer charm and how charmless of a device the switch is outside of its like utilitarian use as like a portable that also plugs into your TV. Like there's no music yeah. in the store anymore. There's no little animations when you transfer your data. It's just like boom, 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 yeah. blank Doug, white it's screen. All, it's all Doug Bowser's fault. Everything's gone downhill. It's all Doug bring, Bowser's bring back, fault. bring back Reggie. It's such uh, a good point. It's such a good yeah. point though, because like, I, like the switch I mean, we could debate this and there's no point in debating it, but it's like the switch is like the best console on the market right now. IMO. And it's like, it just is so, so, so versatile and interesting. Oh yeah. yeah it would be so easy, frankly, to make it a more charming device. And they, and they yeah, just don't, they just, they just don't. don't. I don't yeah. get it. It's yeah. I would agree wholeheartedly. Like I think, yeah, it is just on average, the best like piece of hardware. Yeah. buy for like any person probably unless probably you have a very stuff, you know? if you have a very so. specific yeah. use case that's what i mean yeah of like the last generation if you have like a yeah. very specific use case like you want to play a very specific game then like yeah like a playstation 4 or whatever would probably work better but like it's just such a great little device and it just doesn't have any frills it's so yeah. weird yeah anyway yeah. um i yeah 
I'm, my switch light is just looking up at me like, why? Why would you see these things? Um, <laughs> speaking of games that you cannot play on the Switch, uh, John, I understand that they've remade, um, am I reading this right? Vir- virtual, fi- virtual Fighter? <laughs> Virtua Fighter? Yeah, Virtual Fighter. Uh, no, so Virtual Fighter 5 got a remaster called Ultimate Showdown. Uh, it is out, uh, if you're listening to this on June 1st, it's out today, uh, which well, you wouldn't be listening to it on June 1st because this posts on June 2nd. So if you're listening to it on June 1st, you're one of us or your time. <laughs> Either way, congratulations. Uh, but it's out right now. It's a PS4 exclusive for now. Uh, they've hinted at a PC release. Uh, but it's basically Virtua F- Fighter Five Final Showdown, which was the last iteration of virtual fighter five a game that is at this point i think 15 years old wait um, what was that on virtual fighter five yeah uh, that that'd be the xbox 360 oh okay i thought yeah. i would have thought like yep. even older than like ps2 or something but oh no no no, no, no. so yeah virtual fighter five came out on uh arcades in 2006 i believe and then uh yeah like final uh final showdown came out i don't know t- 2010 2011 something like that um so this is this is that they've done they've they've re they've redone the graphics in the dragon uh engine um the the yakuza like a dragon and yakuza 6 and uh, judgment engine so uh that those those folks at that studio are are helping uh am2 over at sega um and we've, yeah, we've really it. come full circle with this franchise. <laughs> really come full circle. Yeah. Uh, it was that you could only play Virtua Fighter inside of a Yakuza right. game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And now it's just a standalone thing. It's got uh, online matchmaking. It's got like little costume stuff that you can put on, on your, on your guys. There is like a, it, there, there does seem like there is a roadmap of sorts. Like it does seem mm. like, Sega is planning on this being a thing. I think a lot of people are speculating because it is a PS4 exclusive. It's going to be deeply tied to Evo because Sony mm, owns right. Evo now. Yeah. Um, so like that is, I think good news for Virtua Fighter fans. Like I am a huge Virtua Fighter. Fan. Yeah. Um, so uh, played it in arcades in a uh, uh, Dave and Buster's in Dallas, Texas <laughs> in 1994. Yeah. Um, I was uh, totally hooked because I'd never seen anything like it. Just 3d models Um, that the original actually still, in my opinion, holds the fuck up in terms of like, I can't believe a game from 1994 still kind of has this fluidity of movement and stuff like that. And so they've never, um, and they, and they've really iterated on that. I think virtual fighter three was really the only time that they experimented too much. Uh, Mm. They actually put terrain height, as part of like uh, a thing that you could have advantages and disadvantages of. And it just so you could really, have the high ground. You could have high ground. Um, <laughs> they had lightsabers. It was, <laughs> no, it was, it was, they called it masters of Terrace. <laughs> uh, now yeah, it was so strange, but yeah, like virtual fighter five is, is, is good. It's a very, very good game. Um, and this is still virtual fighter five. So if you're expecting something super different, it's not. But, now, um, John, I'm curious, like, yeah. I don't know that much about this series. I own, yes. um, Virtua Fighter 2 on the Sega Saturn. 
Um, uh, which I, is one of the best games of all time. Right, right. Yes, I mean, anyway. I have never really gotten that deep into it. I just can't get over how everyone launches themselves like 20 feet into the air whenever they jump. <laughs> um, yeah. And just float slowly down to the ground. Which um, is not a thing anymore, I, I will say. Okay, yeah, that's not a thing anymore. Okay. Out. No, no, um, no. What happened to the series? Because Virtua Fighter, I always remember hearing about it like, all the time in the 90s, it was this big yeah. arcade series. It was a big deal when consoles came out, like the Saturn, that were able to actually run it at home. I mean, there was a 32X one, I think, but it was like not good, right? Like, right. it didn't look like yeah. the uh, the arcade. Yeah. And uh, it was like a contemporary of, like, Tekken. And yeah. um, it was like, yeah, because Sega and, and other companies were always, like, had their rival series in the 90s, right? Like, you had, like, Daytona yeah. USA versus, like... Ridge um, Racer. Ridge Racer. And like Tekken versus Virtua Fighter. And like yeah. Tekken kept going. Right. Um, yeah. And like I, other I games in that in that area kept going. Like what happened to Virtua Fighter? I think Namco kind of ate their lunch. I mean, just kind of oh, like. Oh, yeah. Just kind of kind of did stuff that I think the general audience liked more. I think like, um, yeah, for, for those who don't know, I mean, Virtua Fighter involves three buttons. It is guard, mm. it is punch, it is kick. And within that combination of three buttons, there are very, it is a very strategic, I, I, I have heard cerebral used, which I think wow. is like a, a difficult kind of thing to get, uh, get around because I do think like most fighting games involve a lot of just like really fluid thinking. Um, so like, I don't know if that there, there is a deliberateness to virtual fighter that I think might not translate to a wider audience. And so like mm. when, when especially like really serious tournaments caught on, like there was just a larger player base to, to pick from. And I can speak a little bit from experience when I did like Evo prelims for virtual fighter five back in, 2009 because i used to take this shit really seriously wow um or 2010 something like that whenever it came out for xbox 360 um the pool for virtual fighter 5 was really small compared to everything else that was going on the street fighters the soul calibers the tekkens um and i think there were there are fighting games that do characters more colorfully and more Mm maybe interestingly and kind of yeah. wilder like the Tekken character set is just very bizarre you got a le- leopard man yeah fighter doesn't, leopard man. doesn't have a, t- a leopard man a, or a no. jaguar man i guess uh, i i'm trying to think like if you asked me to name virtual fighter characters like half of them would probably actually just be Tekken characters and maybe a few right. of them would be dead or alive yeah um is the yeah, main the guy o- named akira yeah that's okay akira that's Yuki one is, that's one i know character yeah um and and it's like the cast is good and the move sets are so unique and and like i think i think virtual fighter is such a uh that there's so much depth in its simplicity that i just i really adore uh how different each matchup can feel um i don't get that as much with Tekken and I, I apologize mm. to all Tekken enthusiasts everywhere. I kind of feel like a lot of the scraps I get into when I play competitive Tekken all end up feeling the same way. Um, mm. And there are a lot of people at home right now that are th- throwing shit around the room going like, you couldn't be more wrong. And like, you're probably <laughs> right. It's like, I'm not like a fighting game, like expert, but like the, the difference between 
um, like Taka Rashi is a, a sumo wrestler in Virtua Fighter Five, and uh, he, he actually like the the weight difference between he and like let's say El Blaze, which is a very small luchador character, mm-hmm. like the ability to launch, the ability to recover, like the weight differences actually make a difference in in the fight. And obviously Taka Rashi packs like a really powerful punch and can do more per move, but El Blaze is just like so fast and so evasive and, and can really outmaneuver. And those differences I think are more pronounced in virtual fighter than they are in a lot of other 3d fighting games. And so you start to, you know, these unique combinations of matchups just start to feel really, uh, uh, I don't know, like fun and vibrant. And like, that is, I think the really, I'm super excited to see if a new audience picks up on this. Uh, I was really afraid a week ago when I got this code, um, I had left matchmaking on for about seven hours and had been able to get into eight matches starting this past weekend, starting this past weekend, I was able to get into a match like within, I don't know, 10 seconds. Oh, okay. Um, Cool. Cool. So like, once that first wave of like new codes hit right now, at least like if you're listening to this, like the week this comes out, you'll probably have no trouble finding matches. And even though there's been some uh, to do made about how uh, the net code of this game is actually based on some really old net code uh, so far, it's been pretty stable for me. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm just super, super interested to see if a new audience grabs onto this because like, I see this as a way for Sega to test whether they should reinvest in the series. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I have to be honest, I, I still don't think it's going to happen. Um, just cause I think it's just such a weird relic at this point, but I don't know. I, I've, I've been having a blast with it and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to jump on with, uh, with folks. That sounds so, really cool. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll set up my PS4 so I can give it yeah. a shot. I'm gonna jump back. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I would, I would love to play with y'all because I mean, there's, it's just such a, I don't know, it's, it's just such a different feel. And if you, yeah. especially if you liked, uh, you know, Virtua Fighter Two, which I think a lot of people played, or like if you loved Virtua Fighter Four, which gets a lot of attention because it was just a really strong game for PS2. Um, I don't know. Just get back into it. The one thing that's missing that, which I, which has been missing from the, the series since I think like the second version of virtual fighter five, uh, which, which whose name I, I don't remember. Um, there used to be something called quest mode where it was like a uh, story mode in, in the game, you're basically taking your virtual avatar to different arcades virtually and fighting against <laughs> like simulated arcade junkie people who are just like, <sighs> They've got like different costumes for their, their folks. And it's like simulating what it's like to play online. Um, But they would also tie in like very specific tutorial um, commands to that. So like, Hey, if you really want to know how to play this game, like you need to go in and beat this guy by hitting two wall juggles. And if Mm. you don't hit two wall juggles, you don't pass. Um, So it was kind of teaching you how to play the game at like an advanced level and although the tutorials for this game are pretty good, I missed that mode a lot because it was fun and it kind of simulated what it's like to actually get into 
scraps of folks online in a way that I thought was really interesting, but they, they did away with that mode. So I think Mortal huh. Kombat 11 had some very similar stuff to that. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. 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 It, it, that was very similar. And I thought, I think that, I think that mode is really smart and I'm kind of bummed that it's, it's not back, but I don't know. Maybe if uh, this game is popular enough, they'll put it back in. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, I've been playing a bunch of stuff, but not really enough to talk about. Um, <laughs> I do want to say I started playing Resident Evil 7 yesterday. Yeah. And nice. uh, Got to see it, seem, it seems cool and I'll, I'll keep at it, but I just get really frustrated with like hyper, hyper, like realistic looking games when the level of like the simulation doesn't match the level of visual fid- or fidelity. Like, so yeah. like mm. I'll be like, oh, I can see someone walking around down there like through this lattice work in the um on the balcony. So I'll just shoot them now while they're like way out of reach. And then it's like, nah. you can't because we don't want you to. Or yeah. like yeah. I was being chased by the big man. And I, earlier I had found a room where there's a shotgun on a statue. But if you try and take it, the door slams behind you and it's like a, a blast door. And like, so you need to probably find something else later on to replace that with. So the weight will open the door. And I was being chased by this man, and I was like, I'm just going to hide in the, in the panic room. <laughs> like, I'm going to run in and pick up the shotgun, and the door's going to slam, and he won't be able to get in. And the game is like, you can't do that right now. So it's like, okay, guys. Like, yeah. I know that you have to suspend your disbelief and interact with the game in, in a certain way, but, like, that just that kind of stuff is just like, if you're going to, like, create this setting and then not let me interact with it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. You know what's wild is my, so we, we just, me and my partner, we just got through playing eight, and my partner loves the Resident Evil series, and she just started up four again. So it's really cool to see oh, yeah. like, a lot of that connective tissue between those two games. But you're right, Capcom really wants you to play and color within the lines that they have established. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, there's not a lot of room to improvise or, or make yeah, up your own things. Yeah, up, you know, which which I can see as being like very frustrating, especially when you can like look. Yeah, and shoot it's frustrating, anywhere. especially compared to games that like do let you do a lot of that stuff like you know um steven brought up on the stream the point that like oh if that if this were a metal gear game you could have done that and something would have happened like maybe that character wouldn't have died but like they would have like made a comment or or, like there would be acknowledgement of like you had had the good idea to try this thing anyway Mm -hmm. i'm gonna keep playing that i don't really have that much to say about it right now pretty spooky um but i've been playing a fighting game too called Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, which came out a few years ago, and I was always, like, low-key kind of interested in, but I had it confused with the mobile game. And um, the mobile game has featured uh, Ryu and Chun-Li, I think, for, like, quite a while at this point, but they just added them to the actual PC fighting game, like, a month or two ago, I think. So you can just be Ryu and Chun-Li as... Power Rangers in this game. Like they get their own new Power Ranger costumes. Um they're called like the Crimson Phoenix Ranger and like the or Crimson Eagle and like Phoenix or something. Um and uh yeah, I was playing it online with uh with some people, Taylor and some other folks last week, and then I played through the story mode, which I guess is based on this comics run. Um right. where it's so funny because it's just clearly one of those things where like, oh, people who love this show as kids are now writing it. Mm-hmm. And like, because it's comics and it's for like a niche audience, they can do really weird stuff. Like they're just like, 
what if there was an evil, you know, what if the Green Ranger never turned good, like he was always evil, and he decided to murder everyone and become unto a god. Um, <laughs> and he got Rita Repulse's help at first, and then he fucking stabbed her to death and was like, now I'm going to be the boss. Um, so, it, and then, yeah, so it's just like, okay, so it's just like Power Rangers but fucked up, I guess, but it still has like the same vibe of just like, yeah, we, we gotta do our best. Um, I don't know who half of the characters in this game are because you've got like you've got your 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 mighty morphin characters. So you've got like Jason, you've got Kimberly, you've got Tommy, um, you've got Trini, but she skull. Trini, you do not have Bulk or Skull, sadly. I really <laughs> wish they would add Bulk and Skull or Ernie. Ernie would be great too, the juice bar guy. Um But then there's characters from later seasons that I absolutely do not recognize and or know who they are. Um, doesn't really matter though, because the story is just like, you know, they're all coming in from different dimensions to help each other fight evil. Um, but it's a fun fighting game. Like it's a tag game, which I'm always really hesitant about because MVC is, I loved MVC on the Dreamcast, but like that game is impossible to play like well, if you don't put a lot of time into it. Um, impenetrable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a tag game. It's like three on three and it does have the problem that MVC has, which is if you're playing online and you get hit the next 30 seconds is just sort of you watching an animation of your guy getting killed mm-hmm. by someone who is doing a combo that can take down your entire life bar. Oh yeah. Um, sure, but sure. then you have two other characters. So like, it's, you know, it's not, but I've been playing online. I've just been playing with like people I know or like the story mode. And um, it's really cool. Like it's really simple. Like it's just like light, medium, heavy attack. And then um, a special button, which works like in Smash. So it's just like there's a neutral, a back and a forward special. Um, so it's like less about being able to do inputs and more about just like timing and like knowing um it's less about like knowing how to do things and like knowing more about knowing when to do them, I guess. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, which is, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I don't know. Like I, <laughs> I'm probably not going to get like seriously into it just because there's always that wall online where I'm like, okay, this is not fun. <laughs> I'm just getting destroyed. Yeah. Also, but, um, there's other stuff that maybe you want to, I'm uh, I'm asking, I guess this is a weird way of phrasing it, but like, are you just like holding out for Guilty Gear at this point? Uh, kind of. I don't know. I've been like jumping into a bunch of different fighting games lately. Um, yeah. I just kind of like sampling them. I don't know that there's ever going to be one that I'm like, I'm going to dedicate a ton of time to getting into this. And if there were, I feel like it would be something older so that like it wasn't beholden to like any kind of hype cycle, like Street sure. Fighter Alpha 3. But um, I, that stream you did of that one was super, super fun because I had no idea who those people were in that game. <laughs> that game is not Alpha 3, sorry, Third Strike. Third um, Strike. Third Strike. That game is really, really good. Yeah, that game's great. Um, I might actually play more of that soon, too. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fighting games are fun. They're fun to play with your friends. And um, I, I think there is room to play them in a way that isn't like hyper competitive. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just... Not always what people I are mean, looking for. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that? I'm willing, I'm willing to say that there's something wrong with I think with it's cool. The, no, no, no. I, I, I like playing online against people, but there is, like, 
I did I did have like a Hello Darkness my old friend yeah. moment, like playing Virtual Fighter Five against someone that like you know is probably the best player I've ever played against. And oh I just kind of was just like well, I'm just going to turn this off and walk away for a little while. Like, that's yeah. that's when you say I, like, that's I when you message them moments. and you'd be like, wow, did you spend all your time playing this game? Get a life. Right. That's when you they're message like, them with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, no, I've had this for one day. I've, I was <laughs> I was five when this game came out first. I'm a and genius. Now I'm, I'm just a now genius. I'm 18 and now I'm great. You know, I'm just yeah. a virtuoso. No, um, they, a virtuo- uh, virtuoso. There's nothing wrong with playing stuff online. I mean, I'm I'm totally kidding, but it's like I I have definitely gotten frustrated. You know, I yeah. I haven't really played a, a fighting game competitively in a long time. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm looking forward to play play Virtual Fighter with friends because I'm like, okay, I've been playing against these like obviously influencers, like fighting game influencers mm. that got a code from Sega, and it's like that's that's Fucking who's been YouTubers. playing the game early. Yeah, right. YouTubers. Yeah, now you're all doing it again. Just. Mm-hmm. Just playing the game to crush people on their stream to show how cool they are. I'm. I probably am going to show up on YouTube channels. Like, here's, here's, <laughs> Check out here's this not what to do. Check out this idiot. <laughs> and I. I even put up. Uh, like you get to choose your banner or whatever. And I did put Virtua Fighter Kid as my banner <laughs> just because I thought it was funny and I liked that game. But uh-huh. now I'm like, oh, well, now everyone, everyone thinks I'm a child and I'm playing like a child because I'm not very good at these games anymore. No, no, so. John, nobody believes that because any actual children playing games online never call themselves kids. That's they true. would always call themselves like, I'm Dark Reaper 4XX9. <laughs> I'm the coolest old. I'm I'm 30 years old. Pay no attention to my <laughs> voice. Know. What? They're right. They're right. right. They are the They're coolest. Totally right. Um, <laughs> I I do feel to a certain degree that like, and this is not just true of um, fighting games specifically. It's true of basically any primarily competitive video games. But I do feel like so many different genres in that style, and particularly fighting games, do struggle to provide something to players who are not looking to just spend lots of time honing their skills against other humans. Um, Mortal Kombat, to circle back to that, I think is like still, and Injustice, because it's just the same developer, is still to this day the only fighting game where I'm like, I'm going to buy this game because I want to sit in and play the story mode, and I want to see what they've done, I want to know what Quan Chi and Shang Tsung are up to, and that's going to be a good old time for me, and I'll play online for five minutes and get my ass kicked and realize, (laughs) I don't want to ever touch this again but i don't feel like cheated out of the amount of money that i spent on it because i i had such a full fulfilling experience yeah yeah well i don't know i don't that's a hard that's a hard solution to fix i mean like or a hard problem to solve because like what do you do just tell uh sega just you know do a better story mode sega get better at writing well, you know? I mean, it's like i mean to my point about like the the quest mode it's like that was a really fun way to just like play a game that was challenging, but play it solo and kind of feel like, I don't know. I don't know. There is an extra layer of getting your ass kicked by a real person. That's like, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Some people really thrive with that, but like, I, you know, usually I'm just kind of like, okay, well, okay. yeah. All right. Well, okay. Um, to your point about the, the power ranger stuff, I was watching you play that on the stream. I thought I knew Power Rangers, like, okay, but, like, there were so many characters <laughs> that I was like, wow, I guess I did miss, like, 34 seasons of this show that, like, I don't, like, in iterations yep. of it where mm-hmm. they're, like, I mean, it's been time constantly running. And, right. Like, yeah, dinosaurs and, yeah, I don't well, know. Well, dinosaurs was the first one. Well, but they 
<laughs> they had some iteration where it would, they were, like they were even That's, more. They did, yeah. They had more dinosaurs, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, yeah, but like yeah, they've, Fury they've been everything. Like they've been like uh, time police. They've been like cars. They've been ninja. They've been space. Yeah, just There's everything. Samurai. There's, There's samurai, samurai now. There. Uh, it's a lot. It's wild. Also, a bunch of those, like you said, a bunch of those characters have never been in a TV series. A bunch of them are from the comic books, and so even those things are like that. That's even one more layer removed from anything yeah. that anybody on this show yeah. would know. Um, yeah, no, but, um, I, there was a really dark moment this weekend where I was like, what if I just like watched every single Power Rangers episode? Oh my God, Merit. Oh my God, Merit. And then I immediately was like, that's one of the worst ideas I've ever had in my life. It's like full sicko mode. You just can't. full sicko. I know people who are Power Rangers perverts, or I have known. I don't know that yeah. I know any in my close personal life, but, and, um. I don't think that's that's I don't want to become one of those people who's like obsessed with like a thing that was for children in the 90s and is still for children. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but just maybe not for me. Do we want to I'm move like, on? I'm like, going, I'm like going through my Rolodex of things I'm still interested in to see if I should be offended by this. No, that's not what I mean. No, no, I'm just kidding. I talked about Reboot on a show like three days ago. It's fine. Hey, Reboot still <laughs> rules. Reboot is really um, good. How do I like say it? Anyway. Alphanumeric, baby. Mathematical. Um, let's move on to a segment called Question Time. Yes! This is Question Time, and we take your questions and uh, answer them. Typically, sometimes we uh, ignore them, but... Yeah, no promises. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we just sort of just use them to spin off into whatever we want to talk about. Uh, if you want to ask us a question, you can go to the Fanbyte Discord at fanbyte.casa, and uh, you can ask your questions in the podcast questions channel, and please tag it with at channel F if it's for us. So uh got a few this week. Um, Pepeluski in the Discord asks... Like the pull of a racing wheel, shooting at the screen with a light gun, or reeling in with a dedicated Sega bass fishing Dreamcast Suri, what video game is missing some physicality and should come with its own controller? What video game should come Mm. with its own controller? So I've kind of named some classics there. The racing wheel, of course, light gun. You know, you've got Samba de Amigo, the, uh, the Maracas. The Maracas. You've got the Donkey Konga yeah. drums. Mm, yeah. Uh, you got fishing controllers. Um, what what else should have a a physical controller? I so I was kind of like I don't know. I was thinking I was thinking about this in terms of especially after watching Nikki play Fuser on a stream recently and how brilliant they were at the game and uh, how much flexibility there is in that game to just DJ, like to just actually like Mm -hmm. make stuff. Um, And I know that drop mix already exists in the past with like cards and stuff. And there's been DJ hero, which is more of like a rhythm game, but I really would love some sort of like dedicated controller that's flexible enough to let people perform stuff. Cause I remember growing Mm. up, I played a ton of like uh, MTV music generator on the PlayStation two. And, um, 
tons of like, obviously like frequency and amplitude and stuff like that. And, um, it would be really cool for some sort of simple like DJing device that, that even has a drum pad that, that lets folks map things to whatever they want and, um, just make music or like mix music would be so much fun to watch, especially on like Twitch, especially for folks who can't afford like two turntables mm-hmm. and, and a microphone. Or a microphone. DJ yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn, we still have glad we went there, Merritt. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Um, Stephen, you've just written No Man's Sky here. What would that look like? <laughs> Stephen would have a spaceship. Uh, ah, yeah. do you mean like a like a Steel Battalion sort of spaceship interface thing? Yeah, a Steel oh. Battalion sort of interface. Or do you remember BattleTech centers? No. 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 Back in the day, Battletech, the like basis for Mech Warrior back in the eighties and whatnot, which you know also had a new game come out, of which I've talked about many times on the show. I don't need to go back into it. They used to have centers where you could go to and basically go inside of a big pod where you would pilot a mech and move around that way. Um, it was like a, a fully surround surround sound. That's not the right word. It's a, like it enveloped you yeah. immersively um, and you controlled your mech from inside of this like fake virtual cockpit. Oh, I and, think um, I remember seeing these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I never got a chance to use any of them because I was not born yet, but uh, I have since heard uh, um, tales and whispered tones about these things and uh, something like that for No Man's Sky. Cause I was, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Cause I was playing Subnautica below zero and I wrote about, it on the website and about how specifically that game does such a good job of adding a level of physicality to the labor of like moving through a world and doing like undersea trucking and gathering materials and moving it from point A to B that I feel is like completely missing from most um, survival games or like base building games. Um, I feel like so many of them are just like you walked over to a tree and you punched it three times and then three wood fell out and they're in your inventory now. And that's Mm -hmm. what you get. And it's just so hollow and like frictionless. And I would love a little bit more. I don't think No Man's Sky is hollow and frictionless, but I think No Man's Sky has so many good little things like that and is so fucking big and deep at this point. It has so many different little things that if you could just like add a veneer of tactile sense to it, like I think that game would be one of the most I mean, it's already at this point one of like probably one of the most outstanding like games or astounding games mm. when you when you mix everything together. But like, boy, if it was just like felt a little bit better, that game would be unstoppable. Yeah. You know what? I'm thinking about it. I feel like I went to one of these as a kid or went to a knockoff one. Oh, Battletech Center? Yeah, because I definitely remember being like playing a multiplayer game in like a weird VR pod kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and just getting my ass kicked, but they years later, I think had a star Wars one that they had at the arcade near me that I never got to use because they were always booked and they were super expensive, uh, but yeah. it was the same thing where you'd, you'd hop in and you were inside of an X-wing cockpit and doing the trench run or something. Well, John, do you have anything? Yeah. Um, I think a big, um, and it, it'd have to be real soft, but a big, big, big ball that you could play knockout city with and you just fucking Ooh. throw it against the <laughs> monitor and, uh-huh. you just, you, and you aim it and you just have to just like pray that the ball is soft enough to not, uh, destroy your brand new OLED TV. Um, I think that would be fun. Mm. Uh, my serious answer is maybe like, uh, 
well, my second serious answer because the Knockout City one is super serious. Um, probably, <laughs> it's probably sur- like Surgeon Simulator. That would be such like a riot to Ooh. have like to have like I don't know paddles and a scalpel oh, that yeah. has like r- resistance and whatever. So it turns from this kind of like borderline comedy game to like maybe maybe something a little scary about like you know the the actual like friction and uh opposite you know forces pushing against you know cutting a body open and stuff like that it would be pretty weird uh but i think it would be um it would it would combine like operation um with uh with surgeon simulator might might be kind of interesting um but that was the first thought i had yeah that's cool i don't know that i have anything these are all really good ideas though yeah um i feel like music games are a big one for this just like any kind of like Sure. Unusual sort of musical interface. Um, I, I think it would be really funny to make like any Zelda game that has an instrument. Uh-huh. It would be oh. really funny to make you play that shit perfectly in the middle of battle. <laughs> like, you know, like Ganondorf is shooting like laser arrows at you and you've got to whip out your ocarina and be like, okay, God, God, I got to play something. I got to play something. And, you know. You're panicking and you don't play it well. And you know, oh, fuck, I was off key. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I remember seeing so many ads in the late 90s, early 2000s for like Ocarina's in like game magazines and stuff. Right. And yeah. I was just like, damn, that, that would be the fucking coolest shit be in the so world. Cool. The shitty ass flute. This fucking garbage play flute that can't play shit. I would fucking love that. I would pay $100 for that. Um, uh, next question is from Grace, who asks, we've seen a steady increase in the number of titles in the roguelite genre. Do you think this trend will continue or have roguelites hit their peak? From a critical perspective, it seems like Hades has become a new gold standard for the genre. Do you think this is good or bad for game development? I feel like we talked about this like a couple of weeks ago um, on this yeah, show. Yeah, if or not maybe, on this and on Maybe stream. somewhere else, maybe on stream, but... Um, yeah, like because I think it came up on here or on stream because there was a game that came out uh, recently that was like, oh, this is Hades. They're doing Hades, but with like a stage magician who does magic right. tricks yeah, instead. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have uh, Dandy Ace is the name of the game. And um, I have no, I, I still haven't played it. I probably won't. So I don't know. It could be totally different, but like visually and like in terms of how they're describing the gameplay, it sounds a lot like Hades. Um, and so I think we're going to see a lot of people trying to like imitate what makes that game successful. But the problem is that what made that game successful is like an extremely long (laughs) development time with a lot of work put into it in, in early access. Mm -hmm. Like you can't really cheat your way to like that, like volume of dialogue and recording like it's not the kind of thing you can knock out quickly um and so like people are going to be making games i think that have the same maybe sort of style of play as hades um but i really feel like insofar as people try to do that it's not going to work out super well um but i I think the next step is like okay well what are other ways that we can incentivize and make the run make sense in the context of the game world? Because like, that's what makes Hades good is because the loop so perfectly fits 
the narrative and like your reward is partly narrative so if someone can figure out another way to do that like it the game doesn't have to look look like hades at all it's just you know if you have that kind of structure in place people really respond to that i think if i kind of look at this question i'm so sorry to do this again because it's like I don't know. I feel like I say, I, I feel like I say something like this on, on a podcast every, I don't know, six weeks or so, but it's like, I, I like the breath of the wild is an open world game. It's an mm-hmm. op- open world RPG. There are a million other open world RPGs, but it's like what you get out of a rogue light may differ from what someone gets out of Hades. Like, I don't really like a lot of rogue lights mm, because yeah. because the, the general loop of that, isn't what interests me. Although I think a general loop of a roguelite interests a lot of people, which is yeah. why I think like a game like Ghost of Tsushima or like other sucker punch games that are very, that are open world RPGs more or less, but they're also, um, and this is really, really like, um, I, I, I don't mean to like reduce this to this. I, I don't mean to be super reductive, but it's like, those are really checklisty games. Like you go to a place, you do these certain things, right, you go to the yeah. next area. And Breath of the Wild really like threw that formula out the window and tried something really different that made the exploration in and of itself really meaningful. And I think Hades basically just did the same kind of thing where it added a totally different layer of meaning, meaning into this formula that just really transformed it into um, something really, uh, I think really unique. I, I don't even really think about that game as a roguelite as much as I do. I just think of it as Hades and that's how mm. like, transformative that game was to me. So like, I think, yeah, we're going to see some folks uh, emulate that and try to recreate it. Um, but I don't know if it's as simple as just like, people are going to make more roguelites. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, so not to be this guy, no, but I think I am now, but. I um I feel like racing games would could, could like perfectly snap into this sort of structure because I think mm. beforehand even even sometimes when I bounced off of like that period of time where I bounced off of racing games for a while I think like the mentality around it is like you always want to come in first you, you, <laughs> you know it's a Ricky Bobby thing you're first or you're right. last or whatever um but I think that there's a there's a real beauty in like once you start to really understand motorsports, like coming in fourth or fifth or top ten in general can feel so like such a victory for for a million different reasons. Um, especially you know if you're if you're just starting out or, or you're still trying to get you know used to the the style and and you know the uh, the entire like racing line and you know racing etiquette and all that stuff. I think there's a really cool way to randomize that, but also like feel that climb um, to to, you know, to a podium and ultimately to like a victory. I think that could it could work really, really well with racing games, um, especially if you're teaching folks like what a slipstream mm. is and you know all that kind of other stuff. Yeah. No. I mean, I yeah. I I don't know. I think there are a lot of different. There are a lot of different ways. The one thing I would say is that I think they've shown how to make how to experiment enough with this basic formula to do other stuff. Like, I don't know if I'm that confident that another team will hit the, like the narrative beat thing with a roguelite as, as well as Hades does, but maybe there's another, maybe there's another wrinkle to add to it that we're not, you know, that we haven't seen yet. So I'm interested to see, 
you know, Returnal kind of did that, honestly. Like they, um, I think that I think that game has a lot of problems, but like there there are unique elements to Returnal that you know I think at first blush I was like, this is like Hades, but it's like such a I don't know, like don't compare everything to that because it really is mm. just adding wrinkles to a really really I don't know tried and true formula, and I think. The more experimentation we see, the better. I just don't know if like Hades is a a fair standard because they did something so specific and they did something so specific so unbelievably well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, Stephen, did you have anything to add? Um, to I think everybody did a really good job of leaning into it here, but uh, if. On the last note, I guess, like, do you think this is good or bad for game development? I don't think it really, uh, like, in terms of it being good or bad, if you look at, like, previous trends in game development and, like, major publishers giving resources to things, um, I think this actually cycles back to what you said at the very start of this, Merit, where talking about how, like, you can't just cheat your way to it, and I think we do see triple a publishers like ea particularly um and, and maybe less so now but like in the two th- early 2000s mid 2000s 2010s we saw a lot more of this where it's just like literally trying to cheat your way to the same success and to a certain degree uh, a i think that that has just become less of a trend when like we saw it happen to um um mmos and then mobas and then digital card games and then battle royales everybody was trying to just like cheat their way into being like into following the success of a smaller project they became very successful overnight um and then you end up with games with like um um heroes of middle earth or whatever that fucking moba that was like lord of the rings and dawn gate and uh infinite crisis which was the dc moba and stuff like that and that can be a little frustrating, but I mean, those are those are companies chasing a goal um, and they're going to be chasing that money no matter what happens, whatever that trend happens to be. Also, I think roguelikes tend to be. Not that there are no like that it's impossible to make a multiplayer roguelike, but like they tend to lean more towards a single player uh, style of thing. And companies like EA and Activision and Take-Two are just not interested in making games that are fully single player like that. And because they can't sell skins, they can't sell X, Y, Z on top of it. Cause they don't like EA makes its money from ultimate team, right? If you can't put something like an ultimate team into a game or put somewhere on a whiteboard, we're making this game and this is how we can do an ultimate team on it. Then some white guy <laughs> in a suit somewhere is like, why this doesn't do the thing mm-hmm. that, the, that makes us all the money. Um, because the people who make the money decisions like that actually have no fucking idea what goes into making any of these things. And so those decisions are coming down from like a place of bad faith anyway, that I don't know that necessarily chasing after uh, any particular genre is make, is the thing that is the linchpin that is good or bad for game development that same way well you know you know what's gonna happen is the first studio to make hades with gotcha is going to make Mm. an insane amount of money and it's also just going to be like just the most exploitative bullshit it's gonna fucking suck so bad it's gonna be so bad but shit but someone is gonna make a hades genshin impact essentially i think Uh and um it's just going to be like, oh, do you want to increase your relationship with 
Aphrodite, oh, that'll only be two gems. You can get yeah. one gem for $5. You can $5. wait 16 hours for yeah. the next conversation <laughs> to unlock, or you can spend money now to let unlock it right away. Yeah, um, yeah, and it'll probably be Mihoyo that makes it. So. <laughs> the other, the yeah. other thing that I can kind of think of is um, Hunch Showdown is kind of a that that is not a game. <laughs> There's also an element to this too of like that merit. I think you really touched on well there, which is just like I think Western publishers, like big major publishers, haven't really like realized in a lot of ways how to that that the games have to be horny like just a little bit horny like overwatch fandom exists because those games are just a little bit horny and they need to like lean into that and then so you have like hunt showdown which is like a not a horny game at all it's like a first person shooter where you run around shooting monsters in a big nasty swamp and it's gross and terrible and and all that stuff and i like the way that looks and everything like that but that is kind of a multiplayer competitive roguelike because that has permadeath when you die you lose all your stuff in that game um and have to restart all over again but yeah like if you did that but then had like overwatch characters with just big old cheeks and running around that way or something like that that probably that is, has a certain appeal that is basically the shortcut to fandom in the 20 the year 2021 is, it kind yeah. of is right you like, just I'm want characters that people can write fic or draw art of totally um, yeah which is hard to do. It's hard to do that in a way that doesn't like because those communities will oftentimes also be the people who are the most like instantly skeptical and can immediately sniff out like a bad version of that. And yeah. you remember when like Randy Pitchford, sorry, Randall was out there saying like, watch out, everybody. I hear there's Battleborn porn out there on the Internet. Oh, like trying to capture some of that like Overwatch magic because there was like all that overwatch porn happening at the time and Jesus. still is to this and day blizzard was like please don't and randy is like please please i'm begging please you yeah. yeah battle born 113 okay overwatch forty seven thousand three hundred thirty seven. i'm not gonna say what site that was but the number is bigger for overwatch obviously yeah um yeah well we wish randall the best and um, I think I speak for everyone when I say that. And uh, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast for this week. Uh, John, Paul, thank you for coming on uh, the show and together Voltron style forming uh, the names of several popes. And half of the Beatles, I guess. Half of the Beatles. Yeah, half the, wow. half the Beatles. Wow. Uh, oh, man. I'm the worst yeah, one, too. That's, <laughs> yes. That sucks. I uh I wow. was playing Destiny um last night and uh just like recording some footage and I realized that I went into the area in Destiny 2 where it plays the Paul McCartney song from the first oh, game God. and it was like well huh. this is We're useless going to space and it feels <laughs> so good I love Fighting for the traveler. <laughs> I can't believe I died fifty <laughs> years ago. Uh, yeah, it's so. I was like, "Well, can't use that." Um, not not just because they'll DMCA me, but because it's horrific. Um, anyway, yeah. Where can people find you all online, John? Uh, you can find me at Floppy Adult on Twitter. You can also find uh, my Monday podcast, uh, Friends Reunion, which is very funny with Nikki and LB, and also my news roundup. Uh, thanks for the knowledge, which is moving to Sundays. 
yeah. a Sunday news release. So just yeah. kind of a nice Sunday paper for yeah, gaming. Right. For your ears. Yeah. Yes, for your ears. You know what, Merritt? That's the exact marketing speak that that's Paul the exact and I yeah. have, have settled on. So wow. Uh, swish. Swish, swish. Just like our good friend Swish Mail. Catch him Mondays and Fridays uh, in Dark Souls 3 on twitch.tv slash fanbite. Uh, I mean, he'll probably be wrapping up his adventures soon, but until then. Uh, Paul, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Polymayo on Twitter. And uh, yeah, listen to all the podcasts we make because they're fucking amazing. So yeah. Yeah, they are. Thank you for everything that you do to uh, to ensure that they are. Of course. Steven, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. Uh, I am at Merritt K on Twitter, and you can go to fanbyte.com to check out all of our content, audio and otherwise. Uh, we've got a new video series up on the uh, on the site on YouTube called uh, First Bite, where a rotating cast of uh, a fanbyte staff uh, talks about a, a new game. And shows you some footage from it. So they did that with, uh, what was that game called? It was Knockout City. Knockout City. I kept thinking so Blitzball, and I'm like, that's different. No, I wish, God, I, I would have to be on that one. Um, Our next game is a standalone release of everyone's favorite Final Fantasy minigame. Blitzball. Yeah. Now that we hope you will all enjoy. Blitzball. They would they would get me with the Famicom Detective Club pricing on uh-huh. that game. I would be like ninety <laughs> ninety four dollars for for Blitzball. Sure, that's fine. Yeah, but you can customize your team and you can buy different outfits for them on the Abs- PlayStation Store. Absolutely, I can I can I can enter a cheat where the only sound I hear is Titus laughing. <laughs> and that's it i would i would do all of that i still yeah. think it's fucked up that it's titus and not titus right yeah, yeah. because tide water right. anyway um yeah thank you so much for listening to our show and uh the fanbyte discord again is fanbyte.casa you can go there and hang out and check out great pet pics from the fanbyte community um god there are some some that's great some pets really good pets some great indie is a great dog. Shout outs to Indy. Uh, shout outs to Cookie. Cookie, great the cat. cat is so love cute. that cat. Oh yeah, shout God. out to Cookie. Yeah. Um, Matt, mad props to Cookie. So uh, that's gonna do it for us this week. So um, until next time, may the power protect you. Keep that dial tuned to Channel F.